ready to take a ride, grab your coffee, and strap yourself in. If you listen, you can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. All right, and welcome to the Omega Man Radio Network. I'm your host, Shannon Davis. This is a live show. Today is August 13th. And uh, for those of you who have been listening since uh, our earlier show this evening, I want to give you a little bit extra time to go refill your coffee, hence the uh, little bit longer intro tonight. It is my special honor to have Patricia Xavier on the program tonight from New Wine Ministry. Uh, we had uh, Pastor Vincent, her husband, on a few weeks ago, and what a blessing that was. Uh, Patricia Xavier is author of the book, Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights. And uh, we're going to be having her on here in just a moment to share with us uh, her testimony and uh, preach on the issue of deliverance tonight, and we're going to talk about the book. And uh, it's a double feature tonight, folks, um, Friday the 13th. So we thought we would go ahead and uh, load you up on some spiritual warfare training tonight. There are a few so few out there preaching it, just as we talked about in the previous hour. Uh, I can't count the uh, deliverance ministers on my hand. There are so few. And that is unfortunate. So praise God for the Madrix that came on, for Dr. Pat Holliday, for Brother Mike Thier, John Gogan, and for Patricia Xavier. Uh, because this is some of the most important information you can get a hold of right now. Because that's what's going to keep you um, when these attacks come keep you safe, and teach you how to do spiritual self-defense and so forth. So before I start preaching, without further ado, let me go right to the phone. We're going to get uh, Sister Xavier on. Stand by. Patricia, are you on the line with us tonight? Yes, I am. God bless you. Thank you for uh, coming on tonight, such short notice. Well, it is my pleasure to do so, and thank you for inviting me. Tell us... Uh, to begin with, uh, tell us about uh, New Wine Ministry, and go ahead and give out uh, your website for those tuning in. Yes, our website is newwineministry.net. It's not ministries, it's singular, ministry. Many get confused with that and don't find us in our... I just want to make that clear that it isn't plural, but singular, and we are also involved in ministry as pastors of a church. We've been pastors over 20 years. And we are also involved with deliverance and uh, disaster relief centers for the times in which we're in. We're working hard to establish the kingdom of God as quickly as we can for the times we, we are in. We are in the latter days, and Satan is bringing forth every enforcement of his host of devils. And the scriptures tell us that he knows his days are numbered. This is why drugs and other perversions of every kind are so prevalent today. And the Lord showed me in the spirit that he is starting to close his gate very slowly. Soon it will be shut and no man will be able to enter. And you can see that in Matthew 25.10. Wow. And I believe in these last days, Omega Man, God is raising up a mighty army to storm the enemy's stronghold and free the captives in the mighty name of Jesus. And I believe that we, as well as others, are being raised up for a time such as this to arm the believers with the word of God and to allow us, by his strength, 
to help lead the way in the final attack on old Satan. And our ministry of deliverance is a fulfillment of prophecy given to my husband and I five years before this ministry began. We believe it is a prophecy not just for ourselves, but for the church that is awakening to the sound of the trumpet call of God. Praise God. Um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Omega Man Radio Network. We're pleased to have on Pastor Patricia Xavier on tonight with New Mind Ministry. And, uh, Pastor, before we get going any further, um, I made a mistake in the last hour not to begin in prayer. And I will tell you, there were witches and warlocks tuning in, and we came under some heavy-duty spiritual attack, not only tonight, but yesterday, almost to the point where uh, we had uh, s- several... Um, malfunctions. One brother had his telephone blown off. <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to make that same mistake tonight. Uh, would you go ahead and start off with prayer? Yes, I will. In fact, we know that uh, we receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on us. Yes. And we have the Holy Spirit, don't we? Absolutely. So we just know in the name of Jesus Christ that no weapon formed against us will prosper. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ over yourself, Omega Man, and over myself and all the listeners who believe in God Almighty and desire to do his perfect will. We thank you, Lord, for the shed blood that was shed for us, that we are protected by that precious blood. We know that all the evil in the world cannot come nigh, and that he who is blessed cannot be cursed. Again, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. This is the belief that I have by the power of his word. And the persons that have understood these things and understand the fruit of the Holy Spirit and its power will have to walk in that power and be in absolute faith with the scripture that tells us that very thing, that we have received power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Uh, (laughs) Pastor Xavier, how did you get into deliverance? Let's wind the clock back to... um, you said five years before New Wine Ministry formed? Uh, what had Lord... happened? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes, what had happened is uh, I was involved in the occult for a number of years. I was deeply involved because I was looking for spiritual guidance and direction. I was born and raised a Catholic in Chicago, Illinois. And I understood the things of God as a little girl because of going to a Catholic school and being taught about the saints and those sorts of things. And they did put a love of God in my heart, but I always wanted more of him. And the, the mass and the, uh, the catechism that I received didn't satisfy what I was looking for. It didn't have the power that needed that was needed to save my soul and i knew something was array but i didn't know exactly what it was i was too young to know but i hungered for god in greater experiences i used to go to church at about the age of 15 and kneel there until god did something on my behalf and one day i was kneeling at the altar and i literally fainted because i kneeled so long wanting so desperately to hear his voice And as the years went by, I went to search. And by searching, I went into many, many different religions. 
I went into astro, uh, astrology and astrologism. I went into communism. I went into Confucianism. I went into Zoroasterism, Hinduism, Catholicism again. I was searching and looking, even in Buddhism, for that which I was hungering for. But I couldn't find it. It wasn't satisfying my spirit. And as I went searching, I ran into some spiritualists who, by the way, had looked and appeared to be holy people. They would have Bibles open as they spoke into my life. And they would tell me that I had uh, spirits of guidance around and about me. And these guiding spirits will help me into higher levels of consciousness and understanding. And that brought me deeply into metaphysics and new age. And I would do mantras every day at 4 o'clock in the morning searching. And then I began to have experiences beyond my uh, understanding of what they really were. But I continued in them to learn. And at 4 o'clock every morning, I would do the mantras that would bring me into a higher realm of consciousness. And before I knew it, I was involved in things like astral projection. Wow. I was able to to do mind control and to work on people in that realm, hoping that it was for good, but at times it was for control. I was looking and searching for God Almighty, but I was now getting involved in white witchcraft. Didn't realize at the time what it really was. And as you get involved in such things, you become a very prideful, arrogant person because you believe you're touching on God in the spirit realm. And you believe you're, you're moving into these high levels of spirituality and universal consciousness, the thing in which you have understanding that one day it will be ultimately all revealed to you. And then, of course, at the end of all of it, you are God in essence. And so in my search and in my desire to know the things of God, I became extremely deceived. And in being deceived, I was being led into areas where I became a partitioner myself and even on the radio to teach others about this form of spirituality. And at the time, I was married uh, to my late husband, and I came home from radio, and we were having uh, some difficulties in certain situations of our life. And he said to me, are you sure you are going in the right way? And I said, of course I am. There's no doubt about it. I have all these supernatural experiences, don't I? And I said, I know I'm touching on the Godhead himself. And he said, would you do me a favor? Do you still believe in Jesus Christ? And I said, absolutely. He's one of my higher masters. He said, your higher master? I said, absolutely, he is, among others, Montre and a few others. And he said, well, under, these situ- under that particular situation, would you do me a favor and would you kneel and ask him if you're in the right way, if he is a master of yours? And I said, well, I know I am. He said, would you do me such a favor? And when you're involved in metaphysics, You're involved in very positive aspects, so you think. And when you say you would do something, you keep your word. Sometimes I wonder if 
we didn't know a little bit more about such things as we do uh, in Christianity. In Christianity, I would like to see more people that would keep their yes, yes, and their no, no, because anything other than that is evil. But you have a certain obligation when you're involved in these kinds of occultisms to say and keep your word. And so that night I did. I knelt down and I said, Jesus, higher master. He thinks I'm in the wrong way. But you and I know I am not. I said, but I am doing what was requested of me, and therefore it is finished. And that night, Omega Man, I went to bed as norm, but I wasn't going to get up 4 o'clock in the morning to have my supernatural experiences. I was going to wait on an answer because that would be the positive thing to do. And so that night I went to sleep. However, at 4 in the morning, my eyes opened. And because I was used to being up that time, I just said to myself, get to sleep. You'll have no problem sleeping. You know why you're doing this. But beyond my control at that moment, I began to be lifted out of my bed. I didn't understand what was happening to me. I thought perhaps I was between a dream and an awake state, which many things happen in that sort of in-between stage. Yes. But I was still being pulled up and outward. And I was getting very concerned about that because before I was always or had always the control of the matter. But this time something unusual was happening to me that I did not understand. And so I was being lifted up and I was being pulled out and I was being pulled out toward the edge of the bedroom door. And Omega Man, I felt such fear, I can't tell you. I have never felt this kind of fear in all my existing years. Wow. The fear was beyond anything I can explain. My heart was beating so hard I could hear it in my ears, in my head. And I was so frightened of what might have me, but I didn't know what had me. But I feared that if I turned around to look, that I would die. And so in my desperation, I held on to the edge of the frame of the door, and as I looked toward the bed, I was sitting up in bed, but I was elsewhere. Now, I had out-of-the-body experiences before, but I always had them under control. This was out of control, and I didn't know what to do. I feared I would die, and that whatever had me, I knew, was so dark and so hideous that I would never be able to know life again. I was scared. I was so very frightened. And I cried out as the only thing I knew to do, and I cried out to Jesus, but my voice wouldn't come forth. I was being choked. And then all of a sudden, with everything within me, I was able to, by a mere whisper, say, she, and something broke. And I went flying back into my body that was seated up on the bed, And I fell back, and I just 
laid in a paralyzed state. My heart was beating in my ears and my head, and I was just frightened and so scared, and I didn't know what to do. I went to look toward my right to see if I disturbed my husband with all of this that was going on, and I I wasn't sure whether I was still dreaming or not, and I went to touch him, and he was sound asleep, and then I knew, I said, what happened had to be real because I'm here, I'm awake, and it's still here. I can still feel the evil around and about me. I knew then that there was something terribly wrong in my involvements. But because nobody, Omega Man, told me about the Bible, not even in the church, I went and continued on my way with New Age. God have mercy. When I woke up that morning, I I pretended to go back to sleep so I wouldn't be asked about my experience because, quite frankly, I didn't want to admit what happened to me. Your pride in, in the things that you do and your abilities become overwhelming. And how could I admit to him truly that I was in the wrong way after all those years? I mean, after all, I, I was a sixth-degree initiate. And so I went back. And as I did, I continued in the things that I did, mental telepathy and astrology and all of that sort. One day I was making my bed, and I had TV on, and always being curious about the things of the spirit, I heard some women speaking about certain things and They were asking questions, and another was answering, and I was sort of busy in what I was doing, and yet it grabbed my attention, and I thought, oh, that was a question I always had. You know, when you study all these various religions, there's always questions. Is this the true way? Am I reaching the heart of God himself? Utopia is your desire. You want to reach euphoria of utopia. You want to do it in a clean way, not on drugs, of course, because that is designed to destroy the body. And when you're involved in New Age, health foods and that sort of thing and yoga is a very important aspect of living in life. But they were asking questions and answering questions I've always wanted to know, and I was stunned. So I sat at the edge of the bed, and I watched the program. And I was getting excited about what I was hearing. And I thought, now where are they getting that information? I haven't heard this one before. And I couldn't wait to the end of the program so I could know what book they were reading and what they were involved in. And so the end of the program came and the camera just went on the laps of those women who were sitting around in a circle and I saw the book. And I thought, is that possibly a Bible? And then at the end of the program, it was mentioned that it was, and that the program was from, uh, sponsored by Women's Aglow. Well, I thought that was exciting, Women Aglow. That sounded good to me. But they were speaking of things I've always wanted to know about. 
And so I thought, I will try to get in touch with them. So I called the radio station to find out who they were, were and who I can speak to about these matters. And I didn't get a call till four months later. But thanks be to God, I did get a call. Yes. And I was invited to my first Bible study. And I could not wait to question them on all the various things that they knew. And at this Bible study, I noted they were doing very strange things. One prayed over another, and they fell on the floor. And then they were speaking in a strange language I've never heard before. And I thought to myself, that is unusual. I'm not sure I understand this. And I was really concerned about it because it seemed so strange to me. So when I went home, my husband asked me how I enjoyed or did I like the study I went to. And I says, well, I'll tell you what, I don't think I'll ever go back. They are the strangest people I ever met. But something drew me back, and I did go back. And then we had a wonderful study again, and I was excited about what I was learning. You know, prior to that, I thought the Bible was an old, dusty book you put on a shelf and just made yourself look good, like holy and spiritual. I never realized what it really contained. contained the word of life, the living waters, but I didn't know it. But that's what I was truly searching for. So at the end of the study, one woman had the courage to sit me down and asked me what I was involved in. And I told her with great pride, astrology, astral projection, mental telepathy, and all the familiar things, spirituality. And she looked at me, and she looked straight in my eyes, and she said, Patricia, do you realize that what you're involved in is an abomination unto God? I said, what? An abomination unto God? Absolutely not. She said, let me read to you. And she took me to a verse in Deuteronomy 18. And she read unto me, These things are an abomination unto me. The soothsayer, the stargazers, astrology. All of the things that I was involved in. And Omega Man, I tell you, it was as yes. though somebody took a two-by-four and hit me over the head. I literally passed out. Wow. I was overwhelmed by the thought that I was not serving a true God, but that this God that I was serving felt that what I was doing was an abomination unto him. I couldn't bear it, and I went out. But I continued in the Bible studies, and I learned of God. And I began to go to church. And Omega Man, as I went to church, because of my background and the things I was involved in, I was able to discern spirits and people. And I would come to church being rather confused because I would see on some demonic presence, they would manifest, and I would see them. And I would think to myself, how is it possible that in the church, God's house, people could have these spirits on them? Is that 
an abomination to God too? Or what is that all about? How is it even possible that it could be so? So I went to the pastor and asked, and he said, oh, I'm sorry, Patricia, but Christians cannot have demons. And I said, but I see them. And he said, well, you're not seeing correctly. And in great dismay, I would go home confused, very confused. In fact, oftentimes in driving my car here and there, I would listen to various radio programs, and they were contradictions. Yes. One would say in Christian broadcasting that tongues was for these days and a beautiful gift from God. And in another would say they're an abomination and demonic. And I'll tell you, I would go home in tears, confused and not knowing what to do and what to think. And then I would go to other churches trying to find the answer and see the same thing again and ask the pastor about such things. And he would tell me again, a Christian cannot have a demon. And again, I would be in total confusion. And then one day I decided I have to know. And I was a young Christian, but I knew I saw what I saw. I knew I wasn't being deceived from where I've been. And I began to study the word of God. And I began to understand how this can be. And truthfully, when I wrote my book, Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights, I wrote it for pastors. That was my heart, to get them to understand what the Spirit of God was showing me and to back it up with Scripture. And so I did. And that's my testimony. And today I am thrilled serving God, and I am so grateful I have been delivered from such a hideous, horrible condition that I was in. Only God knows where it would have led me and what kind of destructive work I would be in this day. I definitely would have gone into very dark areas of witchcraft and perhaps Satanism. But thanks be to God for his delivering power. Hallelujah. Praise God. Absolutely. Jesus sets the captives free, folks. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to a live program. This is Omega Man Radio Network. We have our special guest tonight, Pastor Patricia Xavier of That's New correct. Wine Ministries. Uh, the websites are newwineministry.net and newwineradio.net. Do I have that correct, Pastor? That's correct. And Pastor Xavier is the author of Deliverance. The Christian Bill of Rights, and that's our topic tonight, deliverance. And uh, this is something, Pastor, that uh, few are talking about in the church. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. People use the can answer, well, Christians can't have a demon. Well, folks, there's no one in the Bible that it says that a Christian can't have a demon. In fact, Paul, the apostle, had a demonic spirit. It said uh, he had a messenger of Satan, an evil spirit, sent to buffet him, a thorn in his flesh. Um, as long as you continue to believe that, then uh, what's going to happen is you're going to remain blinded and just be a punching bag for the enemy. Amen. And so, Sister, um, you're exactly right. I mean, 
they'll say you can't have a demon. The gifts of God are not for today. Holy Spirit is not for today. Healing is not for today. Uh, they don't want us to have anything <laughs> except the demons. <laughs> and that's uh, the demons talking to these people. Will you agree? Absolutely it is. And the reason for that is because there is power granted to us that we may walk in the Spirit, and by walking in the Spirit, establish the purpose of the kingdom of God on earth. And the kingdom of God is being brought brought forth and manifested by the cleansing of the people who desire to serve him. The power of God for tongues and and the demonstration of, of the revelation of God that we may have an interpretation of those tongues, it's a heavenly gift. Yes. To cast out a demon is a heavenly gift. To set the captives free is a heavenly gift. And Jesus Christ paid a dear price for that, that we may be set free. But you see, the devils, of course, Satan and his demon spirits, they don't want us free. So they work in the church, through the spirit of religiosity, to dumb down the scriptures that they may not have power to deliver. And after all, isn't that why Jesus Christ came? Didn't he come for that purpose? It isn't just for heaven. Yes, we go to heaven, but it's to bring heaven here on earth. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. He said, The kingdom of God is at hand. But the church, I'm afraid to say for too long, not all, but the majority through 2,000 years of service to God has not truly serviced God in the way it should. And this world would be a different world if it were taught probably the right way rather than the way in which the most Christians have heard through certain pastors and uh, schools of theology. And so we are finding that people are bound, terribly bound, because they have not learned or been taught the right way. It is very important that the ministers of deliverance have a clear and precise understanding of their responsibilities in not only delivering a person as directed by the Holy Spirit, but also in teaching him how to stay in the protection of Almighty God and how to keep his deliverance. But if you're not being taught these things, how then can you know? The enemy then would have an advantage, wouldn't he? He sure would. Uh, The enemy, people want you and I to remain in the spiritual dark ages. Now, look at the historical Dark Ages. There was like nothing being written during that time. And if you want to apply this to uh, deliverance, Satan has had pretty much thousands of years to get out there and attack people. And there's been nothing to thwart his plans because no one's preaching deliverance. I mean, uh, we're not even (laughs) preaching the gospel, folks, in in many churches. uh, And if they do, it's it's a lopsided gospel because you're supposed to be preaching evangelism, deliverance from demons, and healing. And uh, if you're only doing one, that's a lopsided gospel. Now, you know, don't take my word on it. Take Jesus' word on it. What did Jesus say was uh, the first sign that would follow them that believed? They will cast out demons in my name. 
They shall speak in new tongues. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And on it goes. That's in Mark 16, 17, and 18. And very few know that scripture, by the way, and very seldom is it preached or ministered. I had a a minister of the gospel say, um, what do you mean we're supposed to cast out demons? You're crazy. That's not anywhere in the Bible. I said, I don't know what Bible you've been reading. Let me uh, (laughs) point you to the scripture where Jesus said that. I mean, um, folks, it can't get any clearer than that, but the the truth of it is uh, Satan has blinded the eyes of many people. And, you know, he doesn't want you to be set free because when you come to realize that uh, it's your privilege and your responsibility as a believer to cast out demons, then uh, he knows that his demons uh, stand to get evicted from their dwellings inside you and inside your friends. Uh, you know, they don't want to be kicked out on the street. They've been in many of us for decades even. And uh, <laughs> they will fight you tooth and nail uh, to keep from uh, getting kicked out. But, um, you know, Jesus said to Peter, he says, Satan seeks to sift you, Peter, but when you're delivered, help the brethren. And uh, that's the way it's got to be even today, folks. When you come to the truth, you need to do self-deliverance. You need to go out and deliver others and preach this because I'm of the opinion, Pastor, that uh, there is not anything greater a person could be involved in these last hours than to get involved in deliverance because that's the source of our attacks right now. And from the beginning, what do you think about this statement? I, I believe in that absolutely. Jesus Christ himself said, what I do, you shall do also. Even greater things shall you do because he went to send the Holy Spirit unto men. And yes, we are to do those things he has done. And what did he do? He brought forth the kingdom of God. How did he do it? He cast out devils. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He opened blind eyes. He opened deaf ears. And he told them that they would have eternal life if they believed on him. That's the true gospel. That's the true message. You know, we are out there, many of us, uh, saving souls. But the Lord told the disciples, when you go forth, teach them everything I taught you to do. Make disciples out of men. To do what? To heal the sick, to raise the dead, to open blind eyes, to open deaf ears, to set the captives free from their imprisonment. Oh, my Lord, the Lord came to set us free. And free indeed we should be. And then abundant life, not only for now, but eternity, kingdom, work. And so I think there's a confusion in the church what the gospel is and the kingdom work that is to be done. We are told salvation, salvation, yes, save men's souls. But in saving men's souls, there is a work that is included in that, and it is enduring to the end and a completion towards salvation to bring forth deliverance, to bring forth deliverance. That's why Jesus Christ came. That's why God himself wrapped himself in the body of a man to bring forth this knowledge on earth, and they turned from him, and it could have been so wonderful. So absolutely wonderful. But we have that opportunity once more. 
And we know the enemy is angry now, and of course evil is being established in a greater capacity than ever before because of the times we're in, and the cup is being full. But I think what happens with most of the church is that they think that the power of casting out devils was given only to Jesus. This is the watered-down gospel because he was the Son of God. But as you said, Omega Man, in Mark 16, 17, and 18 again, he says that the believers shall cast out devils and shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall be healed. He didn't say perhaps or maybe. He said they shall be healed. What greater gift is that? God has revealed this truth to me and to you, and uh, we need to keep this tucked away in our hearts. And we will understand diligently how to bring the body to this truth. This is our work right now, to bring the body of Christ to this truth so that we can rise up as a mighty church, victorious, triumphant in the days in which we live because we're going to go through some hard times, aren't we? Yes, now, we that are. that is what God has revealed to me. And, you know, Satan knows his time is short, so people, does it not, is it not logical that he is going to be unleashing his host of hell and fighting you tooth and nail so that uh, you might be in what the Bible talks about, the great falling away, and lose your very soul? He's going to unleash every weapon he can to take you and I out because he wants uh, you and I to go to hell with him. But we're not going to let him have his way if we will get into deliverance and do what Jesus asked us to do. You know, I I remember a verse. um, People say, well, I still don't believe what you're talking about. What was Jesus doing on his very last hours on this planet, folks, before he was crucified for you and I, before he rose again? Over in Luke 13 and 32, it says, this was Jesus talking, he says, and he said to them, go ye and tell that fox, he's talking about Herod, Behold, I cast out devils, and I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Jesus was casting out demons up until the very end. Praise and he expects God. you and I to be doing the same, to follow in his example. So um, there's the precedent of what we're to, we're to be doing. Out of the mouth of the mouth. I could not agree with you more. You know, the thief, Satan, comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy And when we are hurting and depressed and oppressed, who then is at work in our members, as you said? Of course, it is Satan at work through his cohorts, and Satan will steal your joy through lies. He will accuse you of being a failure. You know, he's the great accuser. And tell you what you cannot be, a victorious Christian. And then you end up having false fears and imaginations. Confusion will be the order of our day. And and hopelessness and deception will make us believe that all of our our thoughts are based upon facts as seen through natural eyes and mind, and we will think in those terms. And uh, these accusing thoughts are not facts, but it is Satan trying to convince you and I that our salvation has no power. And then at the end of all of it, he is trying to kill us through sickness and disease. One of Satan's most common lies relates to sickness and disease. And, and how does he deceive people? First, he tries to deceive you with some type of symptom. And he has many natural helpers, you know, various medical professionals that will help you in that area. 
Yes. But if Satan convinced you through whatever means that you have the symptom of something you have been fearing, then that which you have feared may come upon you. You know, that's the way it works. And you have opened the door to infirmity, and then Satan is most willing to enter in through our fears and doubts. And before long, your symptoms may become a reality. And this is his work to take us out, as you said, to literally kill and destroy us and bring us to hell. Sister, and one of the uh, big gateways uh, is drugs, people. How many um, brothers and sisters in the church, even, are taking Prozac and Xanax in volume? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that a sad indictment? And what do drugs do? What they do is they... uh, they're used to control demons. And basically, they'll kind of quell the symptoms, but it doesn't get at the root of the problem, folks. And um, how many people do you know who have overdosed on these? Um, spirit, uh, de- depression and suicide, Pastor, is that just an emotion, or is there something more ominous here? Is that an actual evil spirit we're dealing with? Definitely, it's an evil spirit. And that spirit is to take you out, yes. no doubt. Yes, and, and uh, the, the reason that there are spirits working against the body of Christ is because even though as a Christian, our spirits, if we truly believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, what happens then is the Holy Spirit ignites our spirit and we become enlightened. Hallelujah. And it becomes a vital part of who we are. Our spirit is no longer dead, but alive. And in that work of the Holy Spirit to cause our spirit to become alive, there is a work now that will continue on to deliver us. And where is that deliverance taking place? It's in the soul realm. And that is the area in which these demons come in and attack us through familiar spirits, through curses, generational sin, and all of that. That's why Jesus Christ went to the cross to set us free from all in which mankind has been hindered from the time of the fall of Adam till today. Oh, it is a marvelous thing that he did. I have people ask me, well, if he took the curse upon the cross, why should then we still be cursed with a curse? Well, I said, as long as Jesus Christ took uh, the curse on, on the cross, he also took, according to Psalms 103, sickness and disease and destruction. Why are Christians still sick or dying of cancer or any such thing? That's right. It's because my people perish from a lack of knowledge. Amen. And so it is the soul realm in which the warfare ensues. And, you know, 2 Corinthians 10.4 tells us, for our weapons of warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty in God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. These strongholds have been built up. And what we have to do is break generational sins and curses from the third and fourth generation by putting the cross of Jesus between the generations. He has given us wisdom to do this. But you see, the church isn't teaching exactly, not all but the majority of what the body of believers need to hear, that they may be strong and do exploits. And also, 
the work of the enemy to deceive people and to believe that they have to go to the arm of flesh for drugs rather than, you know, medical drugs or uh, any kind of pharmaceutical drugs rather than to the great physician is another deception and not said or talked about in the church enough to cause people to be delivered of such things. It's sad, as you said, Omega Man, because it opens the brain cells to demonic presence that are around and about hovering to take a Christian out. I mean, if we're carrying the cargo of the Holy Spirit, wouldn't Satan want to bring destruction to that individual? Because he hates Christ. It is Christ he's against. And if we are carrying that precious cargo by having our spirit ignited by the Holy Spirit, then what has happened is he wants us destroyed. And the wages of sin is death, of course, but he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And then we have to identify and renounce ungodly soul ties because previously to the cross, we were involved, many have been involved intimately, sexually, with other people before they were married. And in every relationship, there's a mystery there. And those soul ties become entangled in one. And we begin to carry the other's familiar spirits along with our own. And then the damage gets greater. Who's talking about that in the church? Not many folks. And uh, what Pastor Xavier is talking about here is something if you realize happens. Uh, you develop soul ties. Um, you can have good and bad soul ties. You know, the Bible talks about David had a soul tie with Jonathan. That was a good soul tie. <laughs> but the Bible also says, <laughs> can you lay with a prostitute? Um, it says, uh, if you do, uh, do you not know that uh, you and her become one? Can you take a fire, I'm paraphrasing, can you take a fire in your bosom and not get burned? Uh, we hear about STDs, you know, AIDS, HIV, those are real, we know that. But we also have uh, sexually transmitted demons. And correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor, but uh, when a person has sex outside of marriage, you know, fornication, um, they're, they're going to pick up any demons that are in their partner, and they just go right up. I don't know how they travel, is it, uh, is, but it, uh, it comes through one person to the next. Am I, am I hitting on target there? That's correct, and that's where the soul ties begin. They are familiar spirits that are generationally familiar spirits of the past generation of the individual that you're involved with and your own. And these familiar spirits wait for opportunity. And when they see that sin is has been received and has that lust has been conceived, they are more than happy to entangle themselves. They have a right to because they are by right able to do so and that right is sin. And yet oh. there's an entanglement of the other's unholy spirit with your own unholy spirit, and it mounts and it grows into a network of demons until it takes full control. And then when you come to Christ, the work should begin to deliver us from all these horrible things that have happened to mankind through the fall. And most have been entangled in all of these various sinful uh, situations, including uh, the use of drugs and what have you, that we know in the last days 
that they will be deceived by their sorceries. The whole world will be deceived by the sorceries. That's right. And when we speak of the whole world, we really have to look at what we're talking about here. And I'm sure you know, Mega Man, that this, uh, this word sorcery translated in the Greek means pharmaceutical. And so we are deceived by pharmaceutical drugs, street drugs, and all the dark spirits of intimacy outside of uh, right relationships and marriage, and then we are entangled with these spirits, causing us sickness and disease and destruction. But Christ came to set us free. Isn't that good news? Praise God. I'm glad there's some good news. (laughs) (laughs) Now, most Christians have not been taught how to engage in spiritual warfare, and uh, the book that I have been uh, writing uh, shows you how to do that. The believer uh, needs to understand who, what, and how to fight the good fight and to train and how to combat in spiritual warfare and how to pull down these strongholds we're talking about that Satan has so clearly built up uh, in the lives of Christians. We're talking about Christians now becoming a Christian And yet these strongholds are built up through false imaginations and uh, just various sin that we uh, indulge in. And, you know, Christ came also to take our sin. He came that we may not have to sin. So we need to talk about that, too. Amen. Um, If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Mega Man Radio Network. We've got special guest, Pastor Patricia Xavier, on tonight author of the book Deliverance, The Christian Bill of Rights. And uh, Pastor Xavier, let's start with that title there. Um, Why did you name it The Christian Bill of Rights? What is that? Well, I believe that every Christian has the right to walk free of demonic presence, familiar spirit, and of sin, and of sickness and disease. It is our right because Christ paid a dear price for it. And so I called it deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights. These are the rights we have been given by God. He purchased us, as you know. And when he purchased us, he paid a dear price for the property, these vessels that he purchased. And when Satan comes and he's invited in by various means and ways, as he's invited in, Even though he has a right, he is trespassing on God's property. But that open door right is our own sin and our inability to know how to fight these spirits. And they get the best of us. But he has a right, but he is still trespassing. And so under those circumstances, we need to rise up and say no more. No more trespassing on God's property. He paid that price, and we have been given tools, weapons of warfare, and we're going to do it. We're going to use our spiritual weapons of warfare, and we're going to work against Satan and his demons, especially in the times we're in, and we're going to go forth and set people free. And in writing this book, I teach how to do that very thing. So and just again, as, as I said earlier, the first time I wrote it, I had pastors in mind. 
but I'm noting now lately that the average Christian really needs to read it. And when they do, they are very helped by it. And I praise God for that. I really do, because it is my heart to see people free. Praise God. That is so so true, because uh, if you turn on any channel, people, we all know what's, what's being preached behind the pulpit. It's not even the gospel message. You know, it's another gospel, uh, not in the Bible. And uh, you're certainly not going to hear deliverance spoken. It's the dirty word of the ministry. Nobody wants to deal with it, yet it is the number one problem that we're all dealing with. Um, I know one area that Satan wants to attack is and see destroyed is the family. And uh, Patricia, uh, Pastor Patricia, is, is there what's called a marriage-breaking spirit that's out there attacking people? Well, the Does spirit of lust is running rampant, and it is desiring to destroy married couples. And I believe that is, there's two things at work. It is the spirit of lust, sensuality, and it is the desire for money. Because in our country, of course, as you already know, people are extremely materialistic. We have been very spoiled as a people. And so when we come into Christianity, when we become a Christian, we're carrying baggage. But now, because of the times that we're in and finances are being sort of uh, dissolving in a sense, people are not making the kind of money they used to or they're, they're not even working. And many people are losing homes, and, and you know the story. You couple that with the deceptive spirits of lust that are everywhere, television, Internet, billboards. I mean, you can't turn around without seeing something that will be attacking your sense of, of uh, purity or holiness. And so all of that working together brings destruction into marriage. And this is a time like no other where we have to become truly one in Christ and put our total faith in him and him alone. Submitting to one another in love is inevitable. We must do it. If we don't, we'll be destroyed. And in marriage, uh, there is always that warfare of control. And the reason for it, again, is demonic. Because who is the one who desires to control? We know we should allow the Holy Spirit to control, but demons want to control our very being and our very life, our very soul. Our very soul needs to be delivered from them. And the scriptures bear that out time and time again. So we are dealing right now with horrendous darkness. Never before on the face of the earth has it been this way, or ever will it be. We must realize what we are involved with and how dark and deceptive it is. Satan is being unleashed. In the latter days, the word tells us he will be. He has been bound for thousands of years, but he is being unleashed. And by that I mean strong, demonic, ruling spirits that rule nations and literally one day the world. We already know he is the God of this world, but the spirits that he's unleashing now, men have never have come in contact with before. Are we ready, Omega Man? Are we ready? Sister, I don't think so. Uh, I think, in fact, uh, if you could actually see in the spirit, 
you were going to most churches, uh, you've got a person on the pew, you've got them surrounded by demons, there's demonized pastors behind the pulpit, and, um, you know, it makes me angry, because, you. you know, I, I'm tired of the, the Satan trying to kill me, steal and destroy from me, um, and, you know, I want, I want to, uh, I want to do some damage for a change, instead of being on the receiving end. And folks, if you don't know about deliverance, as I've often said, it's like the analogy of getting sent over to Iraq or Afghanistan right now, and they send you to the very front, and uh, they blindfold you, they strip you naked, and they give you no weapon. You're not going to last a second. Uh, hmm. you know, and Satan's very sophisticated. He's had a long time to practice. He's very diversified. He doesn't bring everybody down with the same trap. So, um, you know, he's the enemy, and you can't fight him in the flesh. Uh, if if you are aware of what's going on with the New World Order, you can't fight that in the flesh. You know these are demonized people having their strings pulled by Satan, who's running this New World Order. So if you really want to try to slow down the New World Order agenda or take back some territory for Christ, you've got to do it with spiritual weapons. And so that's why deliverance is so essential. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to P- Pastor Patricia Xavier with New Wine Ministry, and we're talking about her book tonight. Uh, Deliverance, the Christian's Bill of Rights. Uh, Pastor, go ahead and give out uh, your website again for those that are just tuning in. Yes, I'll be happy to do so. It's newwineministry.net, not ministries, but ministry. And I would like to talk a little bit about what you said, the kind of um, world condition that we're involved in, the Illuminati, the One World Order. Absolutely. uh, All of those that are working in connection to Satan himself to take over this earth, to rule and reign, to bring in one world order. The best thing we can do for ourselves is to walk through this earth right now delivered with the power of God to cast out demons. We need to take care of ourselves. Once we do that, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We will walk as Jesus did. When they tried to kill him, they, they couldn't because there was no sin in him. We must be delivered and we must walk a life that has not been bound to sin. And we can do that because Jesus Christ paid the price and we have the enabler, the Holy Spirit. So once we understand the power that has been granted to us in the name of Jesus Christ to be delivered from strongholds, familiar spirits, curses, Satan's deceptions, accusations, and all of those sort of things, and to walk in our high place in the heavenly realm, in our condition of such, we will not be touched by what is going to be. Because what is going to be is going to be. It's been prophesied to be. But what we want is to be in the ark of safety, don't we? Absolutely. Let let us take a a, pardon. Absolutely. And you want to be in a position, folks, where you can help pluck others out of the fire. That's the the point. Get up to speed now. Um, (laughs) Self-deliverance. Learn about deliverance and then help your brethren. Go ahead, sister. You know, it is so important. It is so important to love your brethren enough to want to help them. Um, you know, we are given these wonderful, marvelous spiritual gifts, not for ourselves, but literally for others. 
that's the reason. I mean, it, it, the scriptures tell us that we could be given gifts without repentance. Why would that be? It is for the working of the spiritual deliverance of the multitude of people in darkness. And as we walk in the light, we could be that reflection, yes, but also we have the power, and that power is to help our fellow man, the Christian who is in bondage. Jesus loves them, and he wanted them free. That's why he came to this earth. And, and we have to look at the, the authority granted to us through the shed blood of Christ and the protection it pro- provides the believers. You know, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. You hear that? Against his schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, we have to put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes and we're there, we may be able to stand our ground and after doing so, stand and stand firm with the belt of truth around our waist and so forth and so on. This is the means God has given us. He has granted us this. But we have to continue to look at the demonic forces around us and their activity. We have to be aware of what they're doing. We need to first Realize that demonic activity in its present state of frenzy will only increase in direct proportion to the increase in drugs and alcohol and abuse and pornography and deterioration of the music and entertainment industry, whether by television, movies, videos, books, or, you know, whatever, magazines. These different gateways. Folks, um, you know, drugs is only one gateway. Sexual sin is another. You know, ungodly soul ties, but... uh, Look, something as innocent as you may think is a going to a movie. You've got to be very careful what you go to see. Uh, I, we know um, Harry Potter's series was a primer on witchcraft to the kids, and we know uh, people went to see Avatar and came out with Kundalini demons from Hinduism. But um, would you believe that the recent movie Inception, which I, in fact, saw myself, I admit, um, there were people walking out of there, sister, with spirits of suicide, and depression hit them. Um, in the movie, they lay themselves on a railroad track and they wait for a train to run over them because they uh, can't snap out of this uh, dream state. It wasn't long after that a girl went and laid on a railroad track, and so we wonder if she went to see that movie. Uh, look, demons are real folks, and they can come through the eye gateway. As we talked about in the last hour, you've got to be very careful uh, what you see, what you listen to, uh, I talked to some people this week, sister, that uh, picked up a spirit of Jezebel, which is one of the many spirits out there, listening to Lady Gaga, of all things. Uh, and you say, Lady Gaga? Yeah, well, one of the brothers revealed what uh, came out of her own mouth. She said that she has an agenda to destroy Christians. And people people will put, uh, these musicians will put occultic curses on their music when you play them. It invokes oh, demons. absolutely. Right there in your atmosphere. So you've got to be on guard. Um, a question that we get asked a lot, and very few have been able to really uh, go into, with exception just a few, um, is what was Jesus talking about when he said, I give you the keys of the kingdom, binding and loosing? 
Um, what is binding and loosing, Pastor? Well, binding is that power that he grants unto us, again, by the Holy Spirit, to bind evil forces. It could be done also to bind righteousness and, and good spiritual work of love, joy, peace, and what have you. But in the way in which our Lord was speaking of it, it was to bind the evil forces. You see, evil and demons, where are they? Where do they have their abode? Well, it's in the heavenly realm. It's in the realm above us, in the spiritual realm of the heavenlies. And they are bound, if we speak for them to be bound by the word of our mouth, they are bound in the heavenly realm and then in the physical realm. If we bind them on earth, they are bound in heaven. If we loose them on earth, they're loosed in heaven. And so the binding and loosing is the key that has been granted unto us to bind these demons, cast them out, to make them ineffective, both in the heavenly realm and on earth, where they go back and forth, of course. But their desire is to be in a physical body, a house. That's their house, they call it, once they abode in it through the soul realm. And they don't want to leave that house because in that house they can feel, touch, live. So if you bind that spirit, it is bound and incapable of reacting any further. However, what you want to do then is to also cast them out and to disarm them. And so by binding first, you have opportunity to keep them in the realm of inactivity until you're able to cast them out. And so when we loose them from an individual, we command them to go. We command them to loose that person. And we command them in the name of Jesus Christ. If we loose other things upon an individual, for instance, loose the spirit of peace or what have you, now we're speaking of the good aspects of God. But that key is granted to us by the word of God. And by the finger of God, he says, I cast out demons. That means the power of God is granted unto us. That word finger in the Greek means power. We have to keep looking at the power we have been given. We have it. That cargo is within us. Christ, for a fact, is inside of us. For a fact. And so when we speak, you are bound in the name of Jesus Whatever demon we are speaking to, it is definitely bound. But we don't want it just to be inactive. We want it cast out, don't we? Absolutely. Um, folks, before we learn the reality of, of what binding was, um, when you would do a deliberate session, okay, you better follow it all the way through because once you start engaging these demonic spirits, uh, you want them out of their, their house, <laughs> And uh, I remember a story by Brother Wynn Worley. He said in the early days, we used to do deliverance, and uh, you know he had a part-time job, uh, full-time job by the school teacher. So they would do deli- ministry in the evenings. They would do deliverance, and you know these sessions could go on five, six hours. And oh, uh, you know, and uh, they would get tired to be the wee hours in the morning. He had to get them to go to work, and it would just about wear them out. And uh, you know, if they didn't fall all the way through, they could be in some trouble. <laughs> That demon may uh, cause that person to run away and never come back, and who knows what would happen to him. So someone says, oh, wait a minute. Jesus said, wherever you bind earth will be bound in heaven. 
why don't you try binding them, you know, tie them up. So they, they bound them, and uh, it gave them some relief uh, if they had to break the deliverance session until they could come back in again. Um, so, yeah, binding is to tie up, to handcuff, um, and uh, it's just like a, a police officer, folks. You know, a police officer, when he's commissioned, he has arrest powers. You have arrest powers as a Christian over these demonic spirits. And so a police officer, he's going down the road. If he sees commission of a crime, he doesn't have to call up the mayor and say, Mayor, may I arrest this person? No, he's got the authority. He goes and seizes them, says, I arrest you right now. And he puts handcuffs on them, and they takes them off to jail. So uh, you've got that same authority as a believer, and you're supposed to exercise it. You're supposed to bind these demons up and, you know, cast them out. <laughs> you don't want them to stay in, of course, right, Pastor? Absolutely, and that's so well put. It really is. You, we have to make them inactive because they will bring destruction. If they're not, if they're left to themselves, uh, and even if they're cast out, by the way, Unless your house is filled with faith and the Holy Spirit, those demons will come back and they'll bring seven worse within you. We have seen this Absolutely. happen, and we have been um, rather careful of um, deliverance in that we will deliver those that we know truly want deliverance. Because if it is something of um, not a true desire of the believer, what will happen is that they'll be in a worse state than the former state if we deliver them without their desire to fill that house, their house with faith. Uh, the demons love to come in as often and as possible, and as I said, they do consider your house, your body, their house, if they have had action uh, within that house, if they have had any kind of occupancy, they definitely believe it's theirs. And they will fight you tooth and nail to get back in because, after all, that's where they have all of their existence and their ability to destroy and to have play havoc within the individual or others around and about that individual to literally steal, kill, and destroy. So if you're not very careful of, of the individual you are bringing through deliverance, and if they are open to deliverance but not with a full heart, what happens is seven more would come in, and that person's condition will be much worse. We've seen it happen often. So we have to understand what we're doing. This is not a lightweight, and yet it is so simple to cast out a devil. You know, when you really see them, according to the Word of God, they are just absolutely uh, <laughs> puny. <laughs> they, they're, they're not. Uh, they've already been uh, taken care of on the cross. They've already been destroyed, but now we have to execute the judgment. So they're easy, really, to cast out. It's not a difficult thing, and that's why we shouldn't be afraid of it. Pastor, uh, it's more simple than most people think because of the work that has already been done by our Lord Jesus Christ and the price that he paid. But again, uh, we have to be very aware of what we're doing. If we are not filled with the Holy Spirit ourselves, and cleansed by that blood, and know uh, how to handle our spiritual weapons. And like the sons of Sceva, we could be really beaten up pretty bad and, and get, as you said earlier in the beginning of the program, uh, get hit hard. But, you know, we also have to know the pattern of common symptoms 
inflicted by these indwelling spirits of darkness. And most people don't know that emotional problems, people who are in need of, are in need of deliverance, and, and they will have continual reoccurrence of spirits of hatred and anger and fear and rejection, a feeling of being unwanted and unloved, self-pity and jealousy and envy and all of those kinds of things. Uh, these are emotional problems that come in by spiritual warfare. And people go to psychiatrists thinking that's the answer, but it's not because you can't uh, psychoanalyze a demon. Absolutely. The, <laughs> the best they can do is give you some drugs. cannot be psychoanalyzed. They have to be taken care of by the blood of Jesus. Absolutely. Uh, they'll, they'll subdue the symptoms, folks, to try to give a little bit of rest, but then you'll be like Heath Ledger, the guy who did uh, the Joker and Batman, and he said uh, to get in that part, he had to you know, he'd become the part, and it was such an evil character, he couldn't sleep. He would go home and just have insomnia. Him. He was being hit with evil spirits, folks, and that drove him to take uh, Oxycontin and a... And a a cocktail of other toxic um, drugs, and he slipped on out of his body and went into mm-hmm. eternity. Um, God have mercy. Sister, um, these demons can come in uh, even at birth, can't they, from the womb? Uh, we got what's called spirits of rejection. Um, Absolutely, and I'm glad you brought that up because we could slide by that one. There was a time I was asked to go to um, uh, to a jail to minister to some men that were pretty pretty bad convicts, and uh, I was asked to bring my deliverance ministry there. And quite frankly, I wasn't happy about the idea because I thought, what is a female going to do with these hardcore convicts? Uh, they're going to just find that quite amusing. And uh, it, I didn't feel equipped. I really didn't. And I was asked, and I realized that when I'm asked to do something, it is the Lord that's asking me because I believe that he's in total control of my life. So I thought, yes, I will do this. I will go ahead and do it, but I am not happy about it because, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to say to these convicts. I just don't know how they're going to receive me. So I went. I went with some friends. And when we got there, there were a number of them that came into a room, probably about eight. And I was seated there. And they were looking at me, and I was looking at them. And they had their arms folded against their chest. And I looked at that, and I said, well, there it is. They're all ready not desiring me to be here, (laughs) they're already kind of protecting themselves. Now what am I going to do? And I said, Lord, you're going to need to help me in this. What do I say to them? I can see the rejection of myself. And the Lord used that word, and he said, that's what it is, Patricia. He said, you see, these hardcore convicts, every one of them, have been rejected at childbirth, even in the womb. They weren't wanted. And deep within their spirits, there's a knowledge of that. And the spirit of rejection has kept them bound. And quite possibly, it was in their generational curses of their forefathers too. And he said, what I want you to do, 
And he told me this in a flash. I understood it all in a flash, which I was very happy about because I was sitting there silent. He said, what I want you to do is tell them how I was rejected. Tell them that I came to this earth to give salvation unto men, that they may not have to suffer the rejection that they have been bound to, that I took it upon myself. And when I was on that cross, everyone I loved and cared about left me, and they stood far from me. They were not with me at a time that I needed them to stay. There were a few around me, but the majority of them left. And I was rejected of all men. And sin was placed upon me, and I was rejected even by my Heavenly Father. And I came to this earth to understand and be familiar with men's pain. Tell them I understand and I know. And tell them that's why I came, to die on the cross that they may be set free, and that I thoroughly understand. And I did. I didn't say it in exactly that way. I'm paraphrasing at this moment what I said. But when I looked up after explaining what the Lord had placed upon my heart, there were tears in every one of them just running down their cheeks because they all experienced that pain of rejection. It is the most painful all bondage and demonic presence because rejection makes you feel inferior, unworthy. Nobody cares, nobody loves. But Jesus loved enough to come for that purpose. And so rejection is there in every life, either in the womb or perhaps from mother or father, boyfriend, girlfriend, friend, Everyone experiences this horrible spirit, and everyone is buffeted and vexed by it at one time or another, some to greater degrees than others. And to the greatest degree, that vexation will bring a person into violent crime. And there they sat, and every one of them had experienced powerful vexations of rejection in their life. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Folks, you know, it can be as simple as uh, maybe um, a woman is pregnant, her and her husband weren't ready for it. They say, I don't want this baby. Well, you know, you're cursing through a word curse that child in the womb. I mean, before it even comes out, it's loaded with curses, not to mention what could have come down the uh, generational line. Um, you know, there's life and death in the tongue, so we have to be, be careful what we say and understand that um, it's very important to break these curses uh, so we can get some freedom. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Omega Man Radio Network. We've got Patricia Xavier, pastor with New Wine Ministries, and we're talking about the book Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights. Uh, pastor Xavier, go ahead and give out your websites again for those just tuning in. Yes, thank you. New Wine Ministry Singular dot net. New Wine Ministry Singular, not ministries, 
uh, don't put the word singular in there. It just dawned on me. Just newwineministry.net. How can someone listening either live or in the archive uh, get a copy of this book? Where would they go to order it at? They can order it on uh, the the website, and all the information is there for for them to be able to do so. Awesome. Folks, listen, deliverance material is the best investment you can make. Uh, it is solid gold, and you need it um, to learn how to do warfare against the enemy. Uh, Pastor, this is the segment of the show that I really like because I get to ask uh, some very direct questions, and it's just a treat to be able to have you on because I can count on my hand how many uh, deliverance ministries we know that uh, really know what they're talking about. There's so few preaching to begin with, and then most of the greats have died and went on home to be with the Lord. You know, I'm talking Wynn Worley, uh, Derek Prince, um, Frank Hammond, Maxwell White. Uh, these great pioneers are, are gone home. And uh, I'll tell you, you're in a uh, very endangered category because <laughs> I only know of three uh, lady pastors uh, who are doing deliverance, and that's Dr. Pat Holliday, yourself, and uh, Sister Madrak that we had on. So you're in a very small category. And then the men, maybe five or six. So you're on like a rare treat. Um, I'm going to fire off a bunch of questions that either I have or people have submitted, if that's all right with you. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we're going to go across the gambit here, so buckle your seatbelts. Uh, earlier in the conversation, you talked about uh, 4 a.m. in the morning. Now, we hear a lot of people talking about attacks come at uh, 3 to 4 a.m. in the morning. Uh, why is that? Uh, what's special about that time period of the day? It's the breaking of the dawn from the dark time of the evening to the morning time. It's just at that turning point. And in that moment of time, there is much activity in the spirit realm. Much energy is being um, expelled throughout the universe. And therefore, quickening these demonic presence. And so their activity is strong at that time. As the dawn comes, as the daylight comes, rather, and that uh, sun arises, their, their, the energy level or the quickening level lessens. But that is a very pivotal point of time in all of the atmosphere of the earth for activity. Okay, and it's so because of the change from darkness to light. Some are saying, hey, I'm getting awake, woken up, uh, and I look at my clock, it's 3 a.m., uh, and I'm talking about maybe a believer here. Uh, is there anything they need to be doing if they wake up and it's 3 a.m. in the morning and uh, they don't know yes, why they, they woke do. up? They, they do. They need to cover themselves immediately with the blood of Jesus Christ, immediately, and then rebuke the enemy. They may not understand what kind of work is coming against them at that moment, what kind of demon spirits are involved. You know, it could be anything, someone in the neighborhood, next door, even in your own household. You don't know what's going on all the time. And so you need to give that protection to yourself by pleading the blood of Jesus. Three in the morning oftentimes is a time when witchcraft is uh, being exuded uh, outwardly by witches and warlocks and Satanists. Uh, they are up those hours of the night because in the night is where evil works the best and darkness is where evil works the best. We hear that in the scripture all the time. Under so, the cover of uh, darkness. At 3 o'clock in the morning, if you're being 
spoken at that time, just plead the blood of Jesus Christ and rebuke Satan. You don't have to go any further than that in the name of Jesus Christ and strike any demonic presence of fear, especially with the blood of Jesus, because what those spirits are trying to do is cause great fear in you. Okay, now let's let's jump to the issue of astral projection. Uh, Define astral projection for us. It's an experience where your natural spirit connected with your soul is expelled from your body and what we believed at the time was energy force, good energy force, positive energy force. However, what it really truly is is the presence of the enemy thrusting by a very strong spiritual thrust to get you and your soul, your, because your, your spirit is not yet ignited by the Holy Spirit in understanding the truth of God Almighty. I have not heard ever uh, since I've been in this work for spiritual uh, astral projection done by anyone um, unless they're having a spiritual experience with Christ uh, as an out-of-body experience as Paul had. I have never heard anyone who is... Uh, a Christian determined to do that kind of work. It's usually in the realm of spiritualism and oh, in the realm of being connected with evil spirits that help your spirit, connect with your spirit and your soul and project an upward and outward um, experience in the atmosphere where you now, can literally fly or be in in a certain place at a certain time, not being seen, of course. Okay. And so this is a reality. I've, I've experienced it. Usually it, it goes toward a white light, and that white light gets stronger as you practice more. You believe that you're, you're um, connecting with the Christ head, uh, the Christ consciousness, where all wisdom and knowledge and understanding lies. Okay, so let's say at night uh, there are witches and warlocks using demonic power, uh, basically projecting out of their body, and they'll fly around, and uh, can they come into a, a person's room and look at them or molest can, them or bother they them? They themselves cannot. No, they themselves cannot, but the spirit, the demonic presence that are within them can. And they can shape themselves, and they can look as a person, maybe perhaps someone who died previously. They're familiar with that person. They could, they could project that person's And image. actually materialize uh, so that a person could uh, visually see them if they wanted to be seen? Yes. Yes, they can. Now, they are, can they, um, are they connected to what's called the silver cord? What's, what are, what's the Bible talking about, unless a silver cord ever be broken? That silver cord is, of course, to the the spiritual realm, and that is the connection between the heavenly realm and our soul. However, it is counterfeited as a heavenly or a heaven atmospheric realm of demonic presence uh, with the soul, and they will connect with that if it isn't redeemed, if there is not the Holy Spirit to stop that kind of action the silver cord once broken you're dead okay so now i've heard of various uh, spirits believers doing spiritual warfare against these witches and warlocks that were astral projecting and they would actually uh cut the silver cord and the ley lines and i've heard of uh people dropping out of thin air dead on the ground have you ever heard of stories like that 
No, I have not. When they would not, cut the silver cord? I have not, yeah. and I have not seen it. But I know this, that the witches and warlocks and Satanists that are practicing these things are working with demonic presence. Yes. When they say they themselves are leaving their spirit, that isn't a fact. In my understanding, what is happening is the demonic, de- the demons that are working with them yes. are the ones that are in action and carrying out their desires and carrying out their orders. Now, have you ever heard of the term scanning? Uh, I'll give you, a, I'll put it in a scenario. Uh, I've been told that uh, these Demons will astral project, and they'll go into a believer's room or house, and they'll try to scan them to see if they have any weak points with which they can uh, attack. Um, well, those are familiar spirits. Okay. Those spirits, those spirits already have knowledge of your weak points because I believe that there is a spiritual part of your DNA it's not just a physical aspect of DNA. There's also a spiritual part of your DNA. Along in that, as you know, your, your DNA, uh, when, you're, when you're born, it carries within it the color of your hair, uh, your eyes, uh, certain uh, structured uh, in your physique, your body structured in a certain way according to your, your, your parents and your great-grandparents and what have you, the size of your ears, the color of your hair, that sort of thing. But I believe also there's a spiritual part of the DNA which carries within it familiar spirit. Okay, now let's... Spirits, uh... I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, let's Don't... jump on over to <laughs> uh, something uh, parallel to this. Uh, there's people saying, look, I'm, um, I'm at home. Uh, I'll get sleep paralysis. Uh, we hear the terms incubus and succubus. Are, are these part of this astral project that we're talking about? What is incubus and succubus that we hear about? That I'm not familiar with. These are... Um, these are people that say, hey, I, I, I lay down and then I'm almost in the twilight of sleep and boom, I'm just frozen and I can't move. And um, Well, let's skip that and jump on uh, further ahead. Let's say there's someone listening tonight, a believer, and they say, I believe what Jesus said. And uh, I think it's good to cast out demons because that's a sign I'm a believer. You know, one of the signs uh, that should follow me. Uh, and they want to do some deliverance. So let's say they want to get into deliverance and um, they're in a session where do you cast these demons out to? Where can you send them to? Well, what you do have to do is what the Lord Christ himself did. I have questions about some who uh, send them to the pit of hell and what have you, because you see, the Lord never did that. We have to do it the way Jesus Christ himself did it. And what he did when he cast out a devil, if you read scripture, He cast him out into the dry place, except one time when he cast him into the the, uh, pigs, when we had the demonic in action, and he cast out uh, a thousand, and he put them into the pigs, and they all fell into the water, into the sea. That was one situation, but it was rare. Every other time, he cast them out into a dry place. And that's right, where they're most miserable, by the way, because they don't have a nice, warm body to come to. Absolutely. If they can't get in you, folks, they'll, they'll go for an animal, and then they'll also uh, inhabit uh, objects that can be worshipped, 
So you've got to be very careful about bringing occultic items in your homes. Uh, let's jump on to another question. Um, in your particular ministry there, uh, the, a lot of the deliverance that you are doing, uh, is it always um, in person, or have you ever done any deliverance over the telephone with somebody? No, we have done deliverance over the phone um, and have been very successful. You don't have to be there. The power of Jesus Christ and his word and his truth, uh, there, it, 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 it could go through space and time. No, no distance problem with to the power of Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. I agree with you. In fact, uh, Dr. Pat Holliday, uh, Norman Parrish, I've talked to a number of them, that uh, Gene Moody, they, they're doing deliverance by phone. So, yes, people, you can do deliverance by phone. There's no distance in deliverance limitations. Um, when you're doing deliverance, Pastor, uh, is it necessary to bind the strong man first? Is there an order that you should go through? What do you think about that? I do think that is the truth and the way to go. Um, the way the Lord showed me is he gave me a list of the fruits of the Spirit first. He said, I want you to prove this, that it is truly of spirit that we're dealing with, that these demons and devils are spirit, and I want you to prove it, and I'll give you the method in which to do so. And he did, and I just praise him for that, and I have it in my book. He gave me the list of the fruits of the Spirit, which we know what they are. They're the character of Christ. They're love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, in which uh, there, there is absolutely no law against them. But then, looking at joy and peace and patience and kindness and realizing it's Spirit, if we now go to the opposite of love and joy and peace, what do we find? We find the fruit of the unholy spirit. Hate, yes. mourning, strife, impatience, brutality, evil, you know, that sort of thing. Now, when we look at the opposite of each, which is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and that which is opposite the unholy spirit, we see what the ruling spirits are. It makes it clear. There are ruling spirits over nations, ru ruling spirits over cities, ruling spirits over uh, families, yes. ruling spirits over individuals, ruling spirits over businesses. They come in the form of the, the way in which they're operating. So if you bind a ruling spirit first, the rest become untangled because they are as uh, nets. They come together entangled with one another, helping one another, strengthening one another, and they have much power that way. So, for instance, if I see that a person has a hateful spirit, uh, I will understand that along with it are lesser spirits of mourning and strife, impatience, brutality, maybe evil, maybe doubt, roughness, rebellion. But what are they under? They're under that ruling spirit of hate. What about strife? Strife is a strong ruling spirit yes. in itself. Well, under that, you would have lesser spirit. Kind of groupings, if you will. Folks, if you have bitterness, you probably have unforgiveness. And uh, if you don't get rid of those, you open yourselves up for uh, demonic attack of arthritis and cancer. And I'm not saying everybody's got those infirmities have demon spirits, but many times uh, they do. And you get rid of the demons, then you can pray for someone to have healing in those areas. So... Yes, demons can bring physical infirmities. Um, so that's something you definitely want to look at. Um, okay, so we've been talking about um, you know, ruler, demon, strong man. Uh, we had a question from one of the people in the chat room, Pastor, and they said, uh, 
if deliverance is a children's bread and um, you know you want to cast a demon out of someone who's a Christian who wants to be a Christian, what can you do for people who are unsaved, uh, who don't want to come to Christ and um, clearly are demonized? What power do you have over the demons in them? I was given the same question earlier already, sent to me from email. Someone rang last night. They said that there is a person uh, who is unwilling to address deliverance in a certain area. They have suicidal thoughts. And how can one combat the enemy within which is creating havoc for these family members? Yes, yes, that's a good question. Uh, You cannot cast that demon out because you're going against the person's will. But what you can do is bind that spirit. And that's exactly what I would do. I would bind the spirit of death, and I would bind the spirit of suicide. I would bind the spirit of rebellion and anything else that I believed was connected with this evil. Absolutely evil, because there has to be pride, wickedness, and depravity along with this murderous spirit and jealousy. So uh, getting my book would help you to know exactly what spirits to bind and cast out. Uh, But you cannot cast out. You could only bind someone who is not willing to go through a deliverance and then pray that they will come. Now, Pastor, um, let me ask you some advanced questions. We have uh, a very intelligent audience that uh, come back time after time because I, I do go out and seek out the deliverance ministers that I can find. Though they be few and far between. <laughs> but I, I have a special affinity with this. Uh, I'm a big um, uh, avid reader of uh, some of the great pioneers like Wynne Worley. Folks, uh, he was he probably wrote more books on deliverance than any other man or woman. Uh, yes. Yeah. You know, 50 booklets, 12 books, thousands of hours of audio. But um, I'm going to go into some hardcore questions now in the remaining time. Um, you're doing a deliberate session, Pastor, and the demon starts to manifest and speak to the person and uh, just doesn't want to come out. Are there any um, advanced weapons of spiritual warfare that you found that we can employ uh, to help in deliverance? Yes. In a situation like that, because of, again, Scripture and what Scripture teaches, when you have a stubborn spirit, that wants to stay where it is. You're not getting some of the help from the individual that is necessary, number one. Uh, There may be two things at work, a mocking spirit, because we find during deliverance, a mocking spirit is often prevalent. And they will speak to the person that's imprisoned and mock and make light in front of what's going on. So it is imperative to bind that spirit. Also, there's another spirit that I have not seen too many cast out because they they don't recognize that this spirit is at work most of the time. And Jesus Christ himself spoke of it, and that is the unclean spirit. Wow. The unclean spirit is a strong ruling spirit that binds most individuals that are vexed with these kind of demonic presence. That unclean spirit will take its stand. The ruling spirit of hate, the ruling spirit of evil will do so also. And once you start commanding them, especially 
the mocking spirit and the unclean spirit to come out. And you, you stand on it. You don't let loose now. And that's, this is where love is necessary. Because as you said earlier, it could take hours, absolute hours, all night long, two days, maybe three, to really get a person delivered when there are some very strong manifestations of spirit. So what we have to do is realize that those two are at work oftentimes and we're not recognizing who they are. We're not understanding what they are. Try it. It works. Absolutely. Now, let's say you're doing um, a deliverance session and have you ever uh, asked God to uh, send angels to assist? Can we ask God to loose his angels to come down and uh, assist us in the deliverance? I always do. Because Give us an example I know that how I'm you in might God's do that. Will. Okay. I ask him to open heaven and to send forth his, his mighty warring angels. Yes. Not only to protect, but to do warfare on our behalf. I ask heaven to stand still on our behalf and back us up all the way. And he does. The Lord allows it, beautifully allows it. I, I will uh, test that, folks. We were doing a deliberate session, and uh, we got a word of knowledge that the uh, the name of this particular demon that was in the girl was named Citri. And I happened to have an Internet connection that day, and I t- Googled it, typed in Citri, and lo and behold, I saw a picture. <laughs> and it was a pretty <laughs> foul-looking thing. It had uh, wings like an eagle, and it had the face of uh, a leopard. And um, it manifested. It was cursing us out and telling us we couldn't cast it out and... You know, we were telling it's our authority, and you know, binding it in Jesus' name, commanded to come out, and it just was very stubborn. And uh, I tell you, I remembered something Brother Worley said, and uh, he, I said, Father God, in Jesus' name, I ask that you would loose warrior angels down right now with swords. Angels of God, smite that demon named Citri in the name of Jesus Christ. And uh, it would get hit, and it would scream. And, uh, you know, I don't command angels... But uh, we send a request up to God in Jesus' name. It goes up to heaven. God rubber stamps it approved, and those angels go into action. And, um, Pastor, we've quite often um, had the angels uh, go into the person, get down at the very deepest point and take the sword and just thrust up and drive Absolutely. these demons to the surface. And I, I tell you, I, I, I didn't know if it would work or not, but I tried something. You all might think it's unkosher. I don't know, but out there and listening, but... Uh, we were having a really tough time with this one. Maybe we should have fasted beforehand, but I said, hey, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So I said, Father God, in Jesus' name, I ask that you would have those angels get on either side of Citri and start plucking its wings out. And as God is my witness, sister, when we did this, the thing screamed, and we had a breakthrough, and it came out in Jesus' name. Uh, we literally God. had these angels just beat the thing up with the swords, Glory thrust it through. Pluck its wings up. <laughs> that is glorious. And, you know, to God be the glory. Jesus Christ yes. set her free, and so uh, that, that demon didn't want to hang around much longer. I don't know if it has wings now or not. I don't know if they grow back or not. I bet it doesn't. <laughs> but, it uh, looks funny running around without wings. <laughs> each that one. Uh, now, I understand that there's all kinds of scriptures that we have that uh, people don't even realize have been put in the Word of God for us to use in warfare. Have you ever used any of the Psalms? 
Um, oh, I do often. Yes, yes. Which ones are you speaking of? I've I've, I've tried a few. Like uh, you know, I've used ones. I'll say like Father God in Jesus' name. I ask that you would um, discomfit this spirit or pierce it through with your your arrows in Jesus' name. Um, I've heard some that they'll say, you know, Father God, loose the hornets of heaven on them, dipped in the blood of Jesus to sting the demon, and the demons go crazy. And people say, what do you mean loose the hornets? Well, you know, it talks about God would send the hornets into the land ahead of the children of Israel to drive the people out. That's so, right. That's correct. You know, we, we tried it. Um, some things like that. Um, have you come up, come up with any um, weapons that have assisted you in some really tough sp- places? Any advice on that? Well, the ones that I use, because I go back again to the way the Lord Jesus Christ did it. But what I see most effective is when I strike them, strike them with the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay. I take out my sword, and I start to reel my sword, and I tell them I'm going to strike them with the blood of Jesus. And that's when I get incredible results. And that's wow. when people either start coughing uh, or, or, or sneezing or, if, depending on the depth of the deliverance, even going into uh, static uh, uh, coughing and sneezing and, uh, or throwing up or, you know, rolling on the floor. I remember once uh, I was ministering to a group of women, and the tormenting spirit was named uh, by a spirit of the, by the Holy Spirit when I was praying, and I was told by the Holy Spirit to pray over someone that was on my right hand side, okay. and I bound that tormenting spirit. Uh, in which I was uh, told by the Holy Spirit to do. I thought I was going to get a reaction. And nothing happened. But all of a sudden, on my left side, I heard a scream. And the demons began to scream out of this woman. And the next thing I know, she was on the floor. And she was moving on the floor as a snake. And she was just absolutely uh, terrified of what was happening to her, but at the same time overcome by this spirit. I ran over there, and I started to bind and cast out the demon, and I told it to go. And it, it took a little bit of warfare, but not too much, not too much. I just said, Satan, loose her in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's all I said. And I kept speaking that until she got limp. When she got limp, I went to pick her up and help her up on her feet, and I looked into her eyes, and I'll tell you, Omega Man, I saw the most beautiful, clear, crystal eyes I've ever seen. She was so absolutely precious and sweet. It was as though something so beautiful was always there but not able to express itself. She was always a hard-looking person prior. But that spirit, that tormenting spirit torments people. And you were speaking of nighttime visitations of torment and being frozen. When a person is frozen, it is always a work of a spirit of fear. There is a spirit of fear in operation, depending on the depth of it. And fear is paralyzing. Fear keeps people from, from overcoming. And we've been called to be overcomers. And that spirit, if it works hard and deep enough, will destroy a person. 
definitely destroy a person because the Lord said, I did not give you a spirit of fear. So who gave it? We know that it's a paralyzing spirit. Some people, when I do uh, a deliverance, I also write down things, so I, I keep it to assist in my memory. Some people um, say, uh, hey, I've got a problem. Uh, I can't stop biting my fingernails. Uh, would that be a uh, sign of a spirit of fear? That's a devouring spirit okay. who wants to destroy. It's a devouring and a spirit of destruction. Okay. And there's death behind that one. Wow. Yeah, it, it, is, it is consuming its own flesh, and the spirit is causing that to happen. Spirit is and called the is, devouring or death, death and destruction spirit, is that right? Death, destruction, but the spirit of devouring is at work. Wow. Uh, it's, <laughs> that's, that's valuable information, folks. Uh, how many people do you know that have that issue? Now you know the name of it. Um, wow. There are some people that are uh, seeking the Holy Spirit, and uh, they're Christians. They just have not uh, spoken tongues. Uh, have you come across that? Is there a particular demon associated with that kind of block? Is that a blockage? Yes. A spirit of unbelief and a spirit of fear. Uh-oh. What do you mean fear by a spirit of unbelief? They will not be able to do so because they're thinking uh, intellectually rather than allowing the Holy Spirit to move and bypass their intellect. Okay, and they're well, not how, believing. How do you get beyond that if uh, someone out there and listening says, hey, that's me? <laughs> what do you do uh, with a spirit of unbelief? I bind that spirit because that's what it is. It's a demon. Yes. And I bind the spirit. I bind the evil spirit. And I point out its name. I call it by name. And I tell it, and it could be a dumb spirit to it, depending on the individual. It could be a dumb spirit, but it is always backed by unbelief and doubt and fear is always in operation. Pride is in operation, too, because the fear is, my God, if I don't speak in tongues, what are they going to think of me? Yes. But I don't believe enough to do so. Therefore, I'm dumbed down. You sometimes have to loose the tongue also. If it has a dumb spirit on it. Okay, so Remember, that would Jesus be... Jesus used those words. Pardon? That would be a spirit of unbelief, fear, and uh, possibly dumbness, correct? Right. And now, right. let's talk about um, self-deliverance. Uh, can a believer do deliverance on themselves? Absolutely, they can. How I would... Uh, okay, get, tell us in practical application, how would uh, someone listening out there do deliverance on themselves where they're at right now? Well, what they need to do is to recognize what is happening to them. For instance, if they have unforgiveness in their heart and they're not able to forgive, they need to stand on Scripture. They need to bring Scripture into the situation, into view. They have to meditate on that Scripture. And if they're fighting against forgiving an individual, they need to say, if I do not forgive them, I am not forgiven. Well, that's enough to change the situation right there. Most people don't realize that they're harboring unforgiveness in their heart. But once that is recognized, if they would ask God, he would tell them. And once it's recognized, then they could do something about it. Now, most people will say, well, I can't help it. Yes, they can. When they realize 
that if they do not forgive that individual, their trespasses against them, they themselves will not be forgiven. They will not have eternal life. That opens the door in their thoughts to help them to go ahead and to submit to doing so. And even if they don't feel like it, if they would honor God by doing it, God would take care of the rest. Another thing is most people are afraid of something. Uh, rejection, perhaps, or fear of money, whatever the case may be. If they recognize that's what it is, then they must take on the uh, word of God and they must cast out the demon of fear. Fear is a very, very hard taskmaster. Yes. It's very strong in its work against humanity. In fact, it, it is what I said earlier, it paralyzes the individual. And so they must come against fear. They will find also that they're probably in unbelief and distrust and suspicion of others, and those are all lesser spirits. Okay, they now, need to get the book. They need to look at what fear takes with it and find I, it and cast it out in the name of Jesus and stand against it. He said, if you do come against the enemy, he will flee from you, but you have to stand against it. And again, most people don't have faith enough to believe it is true. I'm telling you, it is true. Praise because God, of my it is. experiences. If you were just tuning in, you're listening to Omega Man Radio Network. We've got Pastor Patricia Xavier on with NewWineMinistry.net and also NewWineRadio.net. And she is author of a book called Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights. Uh, I would urge you to go to their websites and order that. Uh, Pastor, do you have a few more minutes to hang on with us? How's your yes, schedule looking? Okay. Um, we've got a couple more questions for you. So a person says, yes, Pastor, um, I'm, I'm saved, and um, I went ahead and I've forgiven those that I know that I need to forgive, um, and I want deliverance from some compulsive disorders I've got. Um, what's the next step, and what can they expect to happen when they do self-deliverance? Uh, what would be, for example, a prayer that they could say to uh, command these demons to go? And what would they expect what? to happen next? Will they pass out? Will they start vomiting? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I heard that <laughs> I heard that uh, some people, you can actually look in their eyes and see a demon. So uh, let me just pose another scenario. If, you, if a person were to go into a mirror in their bathroom and stand in the mirror and look in there and then start doing self-deliverance, could they expect to see something in their eyes? I mean, what do you think would happen? Well, I've seen it often. In fact, that's one of the first things that happen in deliverance is that the spirits peer through the eyes. You can see very clearly that they are there. Um, now, if a person is going to do self-deliverance, but they have not been trained, I would suggest they have somebody there with them, somebody that can help them uh, if anything happens, someone that understands and knows and is equipped in knowledge about the demonic presence and how to work against their lives. But what I would do, first of all, is pay very, very uh, close attention to the spirits of rejection, number one, rebellion, number two, and pride, number three. These are ruler spirits who have a whole nest of lesser spirits attached. And if you're afflicted by them, uh, I would absolutely, and you know that you are, I would absolutely have somebody there with me. 
And I could go through it myself if I have already been through the process of deliverance and the majority of the ruling spirits have been taken care of. I'm pretty well on my way. You're pretty safe in doing so because you work it in this way. For instance, uh, say that something happens, uh, someone comes against you in anger. Well, you can quickly whip out the scripture that no no spiritual weapon against my life will prosper. If you hear something that is uh, maybe very uh, seriously offensive to you, you can whip out a scripture. And in that scripture, you can say, if God is for me, who could be against me? This is a form of deliverance. The word of God is powerful. It's a yes. two-edged sword, uh, sword, and it cuts asunder, spirit and soul, bone and the marrow of bone. It is an incredible work of God. And we can do this. Yes, we can do this. In fact, we should. We should continue to walk in this state of deliverance. And as a deliverance minister, you are absolutely, you are absolutely called to do such a thing. You have to walk in cleanness, in purity, in holiness, and be free of these spirits and recognize them immediately when they're around you and take a scripture, cast them out first, and then use the scripture against them and thank God that he'll replace it with the spirit of peace, joy, love, or whatever the case may be. How have you seen these spirits come out? Uh, What is usually the manifestation you're going to see? Depending on the situation, some uh, would just be some sneezing in some individuals, light coughing in others. Uh, As it gets heavier, it could be screaming. Uh, It could be um, falling on the floor, uh, throwing up, vomiting, uh, cutting at oneself, uh, banging against walls, depending on the seriousness of of the uh, deliverance. Yeah, we've... uh... We've heard people that would that would yawn profusely, eyes water, you know, coughing. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> we had one guy we dealt with uh, who actually he was eating um, uh, an ethnic dish, like a, a blood soup, a blood stew, made out of pigs. And as God is my witness, um, a spirit of swine was cast out of the guy. Oh, I it believe jumped, that. It jumped into a guy, and he would go wee wee. <laughs> he was trying to squirm like a pig. <laughs> that must have been interesting. Oh, God, have mercy. Another one that normally happens is scratching. Really? Uh, when I see people begin to scratch along their arms, sort of Uh-oh. slowly back and forth, or their face in various areas, that's a spirit at work. Uh-oh. They need deliverance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did we hit it might something? not be just dry skin, then. Uh, it depends on how often. Okay. And is it a habit? Is it something that the person does when they're uncomfortable? Wow. When somebody has, yeah. So kind of, uh, what about nervous uh, twitches, um, that uncontrollable too, that muscle spasms maybe? That I is mean, definitely demonic. That is demonic, and uh, probably the nerve ends are frayed. Uh-oh. Through distress and through um, pain, perhaps, uh, anxiety, fear, that could fray the nerves. And what happens is there could be an intensity and then a release, an intensity and then a release. That's a demonic presence. 
Wow. Cast out that demon. Cast it out. Commanded to go in Jesus' name and, uh, Amen. and speak the word. Uh, is there benefit to playing the word of God on a CD at night as you go to sleep? Very, very good. Because the word of God is all powerful. Satan doesn't want to hear the word of God. Though he knows the word, he doesn't want to hear it. And he, he, he will scream. He will shut his ears to it. Keep that going. Beautiful music is a wonderful way to go also. Uh, people are attacked mostly during their sleep because they're in that state of subconscious. Yes. And the enemy is more able to get to them. We have to be able to analyze our dreams also, understand what's involved in all of that. There are so many facets of working deliverance, it could go on. This conversation could go on for two days wow. easily. And, you know, listen, it, it, we're just hungry for the information because nobody's preaching it with a rare exception. It's sad. It's sad. It is so sad. And the reason it is so sad, Omega Man, is because we should all, every one of us, be in the deliverance ministry. Every yes. one of us should be casting out devils. Satan should have a wide berth around each and every one of us. He should not be coming nigh God's people. How dare he? How dare he? Folks, uh, you, you can't wait on um, someone to spoon feed it to you. You've got to get up and take action. You know, a revelation came to me, Pastor, the past couple of days. I've been sharing this here recently, so some of you that were on the last show, you hear me say it again. Um, one man or one woman can make a difference. And uh, I believe that uh, we need to appropriate what Jesus gave us, the keys of the kingdom, binding and loosing. Um, you could do more impact and more damage to the uh, forces of darkness through binding and loosing prayers, warfare prayers, spiritual warfare than anything you could be involved in. You know, Tea Party protest. Uh, Writing a letter to a congressman. <laughs> I mean, there, there's power as a believer using the weapons that Jesus has given us. And that's why Satan's so scared, because he knows once you learn this, that he's no match for it through the blood of Jesus. So you need to get we this don't... book tonight um, and support deliverance ministry. You know, uh, Pastor, uh, I was talking to uh, Dr. Pat Holliday. Have you all had a chance to meet yet? No, we have not. I'd love to. Oh, listen, I, I, uh, y'all may be like the only uh, lady deliverance ministries that I even know of that are still in existence. Um, I'd love to meet her. You've, you've got to meet her. She's going to be on the show Saturday night. Dr. Pat Holliday, uh, she's 75, and she's been doing ministry for a long time, and she's got a deliverance uh, church called Miracle Internet Church in Jacksonville. But my point is, is I've been down there and I fellowshiped with her, I've been to uh, Higowich, and I've been to some of these ministries that still exist, folks, and nobody is supporting them. Uh, I don't even know how they keep the lights on, Pastor. Um, people want to send their money to the televangelist. Um, they want to give to um, ministries that they couldn't even get on the phone if they needed help in the wee hours of the morning with a demonic attack. Folks, you need to support deliverance ministries like New Wine Ministry and uh, Patricia Xavier. Get these books. Put them in your collection. Start reading them. Get them for your family because knowledge is power. And the word says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And start supporting these before they're all gone. 
and often wonder about the phrase, when there was none to deliver. I mean, God have mercy that we go into another dark age period. Uh, I don't think we have that much time, sister. Uh, I believe that um, we are in the last days, and the Lord is coming back soon. It's going to even get worse before he returns. I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I, I also want to thank you for your program, Omega Man. And I want people to support yours also, because without your program, I wouldn't have the ability to be telling your viewers, what they need to do. And it is my heart to see people set free. It is a blessing to me to see God's people walk free. And I thank you very much for your program. You're doing a wonderful job. And, yes, you have much information. I am amazed at the information you do have. And I ask the people out there in Radioland to support your program also because it is imperative and necessary for the times we're in. Thank you for your program. I want to give a shout out to uh, my good friend, uh, goes by the handle Zoe Mortal, Joseph White. He said, get a hold of Pastor Xavier. You've got to bring her on. She's got this book on deliverance. I said, really? Praise God. I said, we found another because there's so <laughs> few folks. And uh, it's like finding, uh, it's another gold nugget we found. We're going to put together a list, sister, of uh, ministries as we find them. And I, I hope that uh, there's a few more still left out there, but it's not looking hopeful, folks. So you need to get behind um, the true ministers of God that are preaching deliverance. Pastor, give out uh, your website information again and how people can get a hold of you that can support your ministry and get a hold of this book. Yes. All you have to do is... Go to our website, New Wine Ministry. That's ministry, not ministries. New Wine Ministry.net. And have, there'll be some deliverance conferences we'll have, and we, we, you can look that up. Also, I would like to say that the wonderful people that are involved in this very dangerous work, but Let's say that this dangerous work also has a much protection to it. That if we all, with one word, one mind, one judgment, one voice, say, Satan, you are bound in the name of Jesus Christ, and mean it with all our heart, mind, and soul, I believe the angels of God would come forth and bind him and throw him into the pit the fiery lake of fire for eternity. But we have to be of one mind. And I believe the angels of God would work for that purpose because it is the will of God that he bother mankind no more. We're going into a millennium, and they will be the overcomers that are going to rule and reign with our Lord Jesus Christ. They will be of those that are of Zion, and they will be deliverers on Zion. Praise God for that. Um, Pastor, uh, you and your husband also do a radio program. Tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on uh, with the radio ministry of uh, Pastor Vincent Xavier. This radio ministry has been a blessing not only to us, but to multitude of people all over uh, the world. It is uh, internet radio. It's on 24-7. Wow. And you can also uh, connect to that by going to newwineministry.net. It will connect you to New Wine 
radio.net. Uh, the programming is, is basically about what is happening in the earth today. It's talking about the times we are in, that we are definitely in the last days. It points out who our true enemies are, shadow government, and all of that sort of thing. And it is a wonderful, wonderful program. It is uh, on 24-7 because there are other individuals on it also. But my husband is on it two hours every day except for uh, Monday night. What time do you all do and your so live broadcast? It's, it's been a blessing. Um, you do this daily. What time is the, broad, the live broadcast? The live broadcast is on at, uh, I believe it starts at 7 to 9, and that is, uh, um, let's see, the time, uh, time there is, um, it's not Eastern time, it's mid-time, I think. Okay. Um, and they can find out that schedule by going to your website? Yes, they can. I believe that's the correct time in the Midwest. Folks, uh, if I, uh, you heard them 24-7. Uh, if I woke up in the wee hours of the morning, I would pray and do some spiritual warfare. And then if I couldn't go back to sleep, I'd turn on this channel and listen to the true word of God, because that's what you're going to get from the Xavier's and the New Wine Ministry. Um, we want to thank you very much for coming on tonight. And before we go... Would you go ahead and have a prayer and um, pray for those that are listening out either live or that will be praying on the archive? I would love to do that, and thank you for having me, by the way. Father, I come before your throne room of grace. This is the day that you have made, and we are rejoicing and we are glad in it because we have opportunity to get it right one more time. Father, you have people, your children that are bound in this earth. They are children who you have called to become the church. Each one of us are the church. I am asking you, Lord, to touch individuals that I cannot see but that you know of. And I ask that you would send your mighty warring angels to release them of demonic presence. I rebuke the demons from hell, all devils who come against God's people. I tell you, enemy of their soul, you cannot have them. We now, in one voice, speak to you. You are rebuked and you are bound from operating against their life. And in the name of Jesus, we paralyze your actions. In Jesus' name, you set them free. Set them free. Set them free of every familiar spirit, every curse upon their life, every word curse that they have heard to demoralize their living. In the name of Jesus Christ, set them free from sickness and disease. Set them free from spirits of rejection. Set them free from the bondage and vexation of the enemies that have been implanted. Set them free of every spirit that have been assigned to God's people. From this day forth, we call your work null and void. We bind you and command you paralyzed until that moment that they are set totally free from you. You will not be able to work havoc against them. We say no in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We command you to loose God's people. Bother them no more. Familiar spirits, 
You will not play havoc on God's people. You will not trespass any longer. For the blood of the Lamb is encompassing their beings right now. From their head to their toes, spirit, mind, and body. The blood of the Lamb that was shed that they may be free. How dare you touch God's people? Be gone. Bound. Bother them no more in their daily affairs until every one of them are set free. And, Lord, I pray that you will send deliverers to those who need deliverances. I pray with all my heart that you will send delivering ministers to them, and, Lord, that you will raise up multitudes of them. I believe every Christian, Lord, needs to do this work, and I ask that you would implant within them the desire to do so. Move upon them by your spirit. Cause them to want to set the captives free as Omega-3 and I desire and others who have gotten involved. Lord, this is a work that is necessary. The fields are white and needy of deliverance. Lord, bring forth your deliverance ministers. Raise them up mightily. I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone listening to this program, I pray, God, you will be totally set free of every assigned demon to your life. In Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Amen. I received that. Uh, thank you so much, Pastor. It was an honor and a privilege to have you on. We look forward to having you on again. And uh, we're going to be putting links up to uh, New Wine Ministry in our show notes today, people. If you didn't get to catch this program from the very beginning, the show will be in an MP3 archive in about half an hour. Uh, go back and listen to it from the beginning and send it to your friends. God bless you, Sister Xavier, and tell Brother Vincent I said hello. I will, Omega 3, and God bless you for the work you do. Praise God. You have a real good evening. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to uh, Mega Man Radio Network, and uh, that was Dr. Excuse me, that was Pastor Patricia Xavier with New Wine Ministry. Her and Pastor Vincent Xavier do a daily program. Uh, actually, their network is 24/7. Uh, I want you to check it out. It's NewWineMinistry.net, NewWineRadio.net. Get her book. Deliverance, the, Ch- the Christian Bill of Rights. This is one you want to have in your library. Tonight has been a live show. Tomorrow, I'm going to welcome back on my friend, Dr. Pat Holliday. If you're in the Fort area, you've got to go down and worship with them at Miracle Internet Church. Earn Pastor Dennis Williams. Um, what an awesome group of people. And when we're down there, we'll do the... Uh, church services, and then we go out for Afterglow. We call it Denae's down south, which is a fancy way for Denny's. It's about the only one that's uh, open late at night. Um, Go down and worship with them. Um, Support the ministries of deliverance. New Wine Ministry, Dr. Pat Holliday, Hegowich, uh, Agape Fellowship. Folks, there's just a few of these left. And... um, don't get left out in the cold. Get a hold of this information. It, uh, it'll save your life, and it'll help you uh, pluck others out of the, the fire. 
Uh, I appreciate the support here. I'm going to play just a few soundtracks here and uh, hope you have a uh, good evening and I hope you can come back and tune in again. Uh, Sunday I'm going to have Dante Fortson talking about the Nephilim. We're going to have um, Brother Al Kuppadon next week. I've got Peter Kuhlman live from Sweden. <clears throat> We're going to be talking about the UFO deception. I've got... Uh, Prophets Mike and Jeff Beavers coming back on. We're going to have Prophet Scott Latrop from Soul Bait Ministries next week. William Lau doing another Elijah challenge. I'm going to have Broderick Adams from Atlanta, Georgia coming on to minister. Quadriplegic, folks. The Lord saved him from the jaws of death. And he's got a ministry that's unique. He's traveling around the country, giving his testimony. Uh, we've got some great guests coming on. And if there's someone you'd like to have us interview, uh, just shoot the Omega Man a message. I've got uh, my email working now. I hope to have a nice website up in a few days. That's a little bit more functional than the one we've got, uh, OmegaManRadio.com. So uh, God bless you again, and I uh, appreciate your support. And uh, keep us in prayer. Tell a few friends about us. That's the way the word's got to spread. Uh, God bless you. Thank you for listening to Omega Man Radio. Our mission is to operate in the threefold ministry of Jesus Christ and take evangelism, deliverance from demons, and miracle healing to the world. If you would like to partner with us, you can support this work by donating any amount online at OmegaManRadio.com. Join us in an all-out attack against the hosts of hell. It's time to deliver a death blow to the enemy and take back territory for Jesus. Tell a friend and support Omega Man Radio. Do you listen to other radio programs and then say, Where's the beef? Tune in each day to Omega Man Radio, the show that will put meat on your spirit man's bones.